everybody, all new episode of 30 on Broadway. Thank you so much for joining us as we are going to be uh, talking about the Rangers, the unsustainable Rangers continue <laughs> thanks to uh, number 31, Igor Henrik Shesterkin. <laughs> I thought I, I literally, I honestly, I really thought that we were going to start this episode off with talking about how the seats at Madison Square Garden are absolute bullshit. Oh, do you uh, want to talk about how you got yourself, uh, you almost had to have your leg cut off by a, uh, yeah, All right, go ahead, take it away, take it away. Well, dude. okay, well, the good thing is, um, you know, there were four of us there. Also, by the way, got to meet Mike D'Alessandro for the first time in person, and Mikey is a, a friend of the program. Awesome, uh, has. Has been following has been following Chris and I all the way back to the hockey craze radio days, like so that that's how long Mike has been a follower, and um, finally got to meet and hang out with Mike, awesome dude. Um, there were four of us at the game, and you know, um, gonna name drop, gonna name drop because it was her fault, and if you look on my Twitter, she even accepted the the blame for it, part at least partial blame. Um, Kim, it was your fault because number one, we were in the right section and you were trying to move us down a row. And then I wound up doing what I always seem to do. And I jinxed myself and I said, watch this. I'm fat and drunk and I'm going to move and I'm going to get my foot caught in the seat. And what happened was my left foot, I got my one foot down and my left foot, I'm trying to put it down and, and stand on the seat to, to get my bearings and the seat starts tilting backwards and my foot slipped all the way through and went right through the hole. And you know, if my, you put your left foot my, down, my leg was stuck. <laughs> my leg was stuck in between that I can't seat. confirm. I saw the video. For a good, a good, a good, I want to say 45 seconds. Others said it was about a minute, minute and a half. And uh, yeah, no, it was, it was, I did not do good. And did it ever yeah. dawn on you to take your foot out of your shoe? I was, no, well, here's the whole thing I was trying to get my foot out of my shoe, but my foot did not want to come out of my shoe. So. It was it, it was an ordeal know, to say the least. Should have been wearing better protection. Wow, I dude, I just I saw that video and I was like, "How drunk is he right now?" Well, that evidently that I was drunk texting you. I guess I was like, not only that, not only, not only do we have Nick holding a phantom drink not once but twice at bars. But now we have Nick getting his leg stuck inside of the seat at Madison Square Garden. Um, it was it was I was I was laughing. I was hysterical. I was just sitting there looking at this hysterical. I was just like, only Nick, only Nick. But I'm actually surprised. That's the first time you ever met Mikey. Mikey's an awesome guy. Um, like you said, we've known Mikey for for a long time now. Um, um, you, for, you forget where I I live. It's not in close proximity to Mike. Mike, I guess, grew up in like your backyard. And I, I think didn't he didn't he grow up in like Connecticut? I think I think so. I don't I don't really remember. I'm not too dude, like I can remember that. 
But um, yeah, you know, it was it was it was an interesting. But- I'll say this situation. I'll say this. The New York Rangers have scored seven goals and won two games since my foot got caught in the Yeah, since Footgate. So you're welcome for that, by the way. Yeah, you know, and we'll and we'll jump into the Ranger talk in in just a moment. I know we talked I I know I mentioned unsustainable ways of of the blue shirts hockey right now, which we'll we'll talk about. But the big thing, the big if they're expecting me to go to games you know, 40, 40 times a year and get my foot caught in the seat. Yes, that is unsustainable. So they cannot be relying on me to get my foot stuck. We can't have a daily, a game, a game by game foot gate situation. It's not going to work for you. No, because I'm not going to lie. I think I tweaked my knee when I was trying to extricate myself. (laughs) All you had to do was the hokey pokey, man. Dude, you saw the video. Did you not see what I was going through? I was in anguish. Like that was that was not fun. It was it was that was one of the most uncomfortable situations I've ever been in in my entire life. Dude, I, I like I said, it was it was one of the funniest things that I've ever seen. Uh, it was absolutely ridiculous. You might be the first person that I've ever known that has had happen to them. And it's even more, it's even more, it's even funnier to me. The fact is that you're not a small guy. Like you're not, this isn't like, you know, Le Petit Nick that has like pencil legs. You know, this is no, they're, a six they're foot. There's meat on forward. these bones. Yeah, there's meat on With these like, bones. You know, and I just I sat there and I'm like, oh god. And I was like, he's gonna tweet, he's either gonna throw his back out even worse than it already is. Uh, like, and then he's gonna be sitting there going, My neck, my back. Oh dear. I just I I oh. oh man. But the good thing was it was the best Rangers game of the season by a long shot. Well, and the other good thing was if I needed to be amputated, at least I was hanging out with a doctor that night, so Trust yeah, me, well, she she is a doctor, so she she's good people, and she would have stopped my foot Dr. off. Kim? That is Doctor Kim. Oh, so she, so she, yeah. <laughs> so it was her fault. She put it was, you in peril it was, as a doctor. It was, it was her fault. Yeah, like the, you know, no, I'm just I'm messing around. Like, no, nah, it was <laughs> like we literally thought we were in the wrong section. We thought we were one section lower. It turns out we were actually originally in the right section, and. um so we just tried climbing down could, to where we thought our seats were. I could see where that would happen when you're intoxicated. It makes sense. Well, then the best part was this guy tried saying that we were in his seat. And I was like, uh, let me see your tickets, pal. And he goes, oh, right here, section 211. I'm like, dude, section 211 is one section that way. I'm like, this is 210, bro. Oh, man. Yeah, that exactly. That was the exact reaction. I had that happen to me on the Amtrak. Uh on my way back, on my way in from from the city, and it was it was highly it was highly hilarious to me because the person was like insisting that I was sitting in their seat because we were in like the business class and whatever. And I'm like, look, I I triple checked, and I'm like, and they're like insisting, and then they finally when they finally realized it, the look of sheer stupidity on their face of just oh damn was 
absolutely outstanding for me. I, I loved every minute of it. But before we get into the Ranger talk of late, there's there's a big uh, a big thing happened yesterday, um, which kind of sets up even more big things, which kind of ties into an article that you that you had wrote that you had written on the Rangers, and that is Adam Fox gets his extension, um, something that was kind of quietly done. Um, Not kind of, it was quietly done. I mean, yeah, it came out of nowhere, which was which was fine. It was completely fine. He gets a pretty nice contract. Probably could have got a little more. Probably, maybe should have. He took um, a hometown discount for sure. He took he took a little bit of a hometown discount. Um, no, not a little bit. He did. He took a hometown discount. Well, I'll I'll just say this. You know, now all of a sudden, people are waking up to the fact that the Rangers do have a little bit of a cap crunch, which we'll which we'll talk about in a second, but. Look, Adam Fox is 10 times worth the money. I mean, he's worth it 10 times over 10. This is this is a contract that you needed to do. This is a contract that had to get done. Um, I mean, Adam Fox so far has been the best defenseman in the NHL right off the bat. I mean, he has followed up. Um, he has followed up his Norris Trophy winning season and has put himself right at the top of of the of the list right away, right out the gate. He has been fantastic. The um, thing whoa. that separates Adam Fox from Kel McCarr and everything like that, and I'm not trying to disparage Kel McCarr because I like him a great deal. Kel McCarr, defenseman too. He's not good in his own end. He's he's a terrific offensive defenseman. Um, but anything that we've seen so far out of out of the, the, the out of the out of the gate here, yeah, you're right. On both sides of the puck, there's 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 a weakness there. Um, well, you you saw. It I in still, the playoffs. if you had the chance to take Kale McCarr on your team, you'd be an idiot not to. Um, on a side note, just to step off real quick because the Vegas Golden Knights are starting tonight. Guess who their number one center is? I know it's Brett Howden, and I find that hysterical. You're doing great, honey. Somewhere, Dave, David Quinn has a massive heart on right now. Oh God! So look, I, I, I for one, it's a terrific, it's a terrific contract. Sure, the Rangers have five players tied up that are making a lot of money. You, but Panarin, Panarin, Fox. And you could you could argue as a bandit as long as he starts to get going but here again. Panera and Fox worth are, the money. Panera and Fox are the only two that I will say are worth their deals. Yeah, I mean, well worth the money. Truba is overpaid. He's not a bad defenseman. He's just overpaid. He's 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 pretty badly overpaid right now. Um, Chris Kreider, you know, Chris Kreider. We've talked about how bad of a contract that was from when it came out. Um, he's got a he. Honestly, the way that that contract is no longer bad is he's got to do what he's doing right now for the majority of the season. And yeah, you and I both and know he won't. So you and I both know that we would probably get the Pope himself on this podcast before that actually happens. Not that I'm not rooting for it because I would love to see it. Because if it happens and Zabanajad and Panarin get rolling, the, the Rangers and and on Panarin rolling, I don't mean on the assisting side of the puck. I mean him scoring. 
because we know Panarin is putting the, is getting racking points up on the assist side, but scoring isn't there yet. If they get going and they've got Igor playing like they are, they have Adam Fox playing, you know, Capo Caco starts to take a step. He looks like he's kind of taken steps back since he came back from, from his, from his, his timeout. Um, Lafreniere, you know, gets going, you know, Philip Heedle, if we get anything from Philip Heedle right now, it's been a, a, I would say a major disappointment, but if, if we can have Kreider doing what he's doing and Panarin and Sabanajad turn up the, turn it on, this team is going to be a damn good team rolling through the rest of the season. And the season is still incredibly young. On the flip side of that, you could use the argument that the Rangers could very well be two, six and one right now. You, you could use that argument. And if they didn't have Igor Shesterkin in net, that likelihood is even magnified even more because Igor Shesterkin, especially away from the garden, has been the best goaltender in the NHL right now. Outside of Jacob Markstrom, I would say, in Calgary. And the only shot that beat him on Halloween night was a ridiculous backhander. And that was yeah. a ridiculous backhander by Jordan Eberle. And, and you, you heard on, episode, on, on games before where um, I think it was a Kreider's backhand that Hank was talking about. Or no, it was Philip Heedle's backhand when he scored the the one like shining moment. That oh, I, I get yeah on UC Saros. And Hank talked about how hard it is to make a backhand save because you can't really, you don't really, you know, it's kind of that unknown. Like you don't really, you can't really gauge her direct where the puck is going to go. Well, it's it, just kind of something. It's almost like a knuckle puck of sorts. It, it, it was um, that, and then with the velocity that Everly shot that puck with, because he yeah. he really he that he was it. that might have been the hard. That might have been the hardest backhand I've ever seen. Like that thing was a bullet. And so, you know, a good honor for scoring because that's a hell of a shot. But you know, and right now you've got Chris Kreider, who is a power play specialist for whatever. He finally you know. scored his first real goal on Sunday. Was that, that the was slapper? A, that was his wrist shot. That was his. Uh, first, oh yeah, the wrist shot. That was his, yeah. that was his first real goal of the season. But at the end of the day, well, the redirection goal as well is no. redirect. No, come no. on, that was a good that was a good redirect. No, no, he gets no points from me for that. You, you, come on, no, you no. got it. No, come no. on, no, 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 no. it's not no. tapping. I don't care. I'm in a foul mood. I am in a foul All mood right. well, today. Well, I'll disagree with you on that because to me, he's moving That's across fine. the crease. He tips his stick don't backwards care. and redirects the puck don't, in. Don't, that's a don't pretty care. goal. Hey, that's don't an Adam care. Graves-esque goal. Don't care. Yeah, and but we you know love. What? Here, here, here's the thing. Adam Graves wasn't a dick to me when I met him, so. <laughs> oh, God. I knew, that, I knew it was coming that way. Adam Graves wouldn't be a so, dick to anybody. I don't so, think Adam no, Graves Adam, has it in him Adam, to do that. No, Adam Graves is a nice guy. Adam Graves the is only probably time one he was of the ever... best humans in, in, in humanity. The only time Adam Graves was ever a dick or had like a dick moment was he when you know, Mario Maru. was when they won the cup and he just started chanting 1940 to get back at Islander fans. But even then, he wasn't being a dick. It was just being awesome. So, yeah, no. And, and, and look, when he started chanting 1940. Yeah, at least I thought you were going to say when he slashed Mario Lemieux with the ball. No, because again, warranted. Um, 
Yeah, dude, I told you, I'm on one today. Like, I'm not in a good mood. So, like, you're you're gonna get you this know bad. Ra- is oh, be mad. Mitch Marner might have just scored the goal of the year. All right, well, I don't care about Mitch ooh, Marner. Ooh, baby, this no, is that thing was, I don't care. That thing, that thing was beautiful. Well, he just you know, pulled a spinorama in, in front of the Penda and if, put it in backhand. It was that. If was you nice. want to talk about the NHL, um, uh, Shovel Dayoff put his foot in his mouth today. Really, you know what? Fuck Kevin Shovel Dayoff. Fuck uh, Gary Bettman, and, Bill Daly, and everybody else. So uh, Donald and Fear. somehow. It's somehow the players, the players walked away from their meeting with Donald Fear and the NHLPA and didn't decide that there needs to be a change in leadership. Whatever, you know, which what? just, yeah, no, which just is asinine, let, but that's, let, let's get back on the, you want to get on that stuff. You, you can talk about two for roughing, but, but all right, let's, no, let's talk about, let's again, talk a little more about the Rangers. Adam Graves at least scored 54 goals in a season. Okay. No, I, no, I, I, I he at least had a 50 goal season. Chris Kreider can't even score 30. So Listen, I am, I, will, I am I will start being nice to Kreider if he can consistently bring it and play like this. If he can do this for an entire season next year, I will be the nicest person to Chris Kreider ever. Well, Chris, I think even if he could do it for three quarters of a season, that would be a huge upgrade over what we normally get. Because look, he, the, the time is coming right relatively soon for where we get the 20 to 30 game disappearing act. Yeah. It's, but it's, I'll say this. There's a couple of things. A couple of things with Kreider. He's been physical. He's been engaging. He's been getting in people's faces. He's been making plays. He's been doing things away from the puck. Yeah, no, he's, he's been, played well. Like, I'm not he's been one that, of the best Ranger forwards. I'm not going to say that he, hasn't play, that he hasn't played well. He, I think he's played well. But I think even early this year, You've seen parts of his disappearing act. Like Friday night against Columbus, I didn't even know he was playing up until the two redirects. Not like, to be fair. Like, to be fair. But like I said, but but like I'm saying, if you get that for, if you get that for a quarter of the season, you sign up for that 10 times over 10 because it's, it's, that's, that's what we've seen as the norm, not what we've seen as the overall picture right now for how the season has started. And in order for that contract to get remotely justified, you need to see what Kreider is doing, whether it's tipping pucks in and it's the cheap goals on the power play. At that point, who cares? Because you're picking up the points and you're, and you're helping the team. If you're converting on your power play chances, that's a huge plus for a team that has struggled for a team that went with the first set with Panarin, the first year of Panarin to having a terrific, unbeatable dynamic threat of a power play to becoming almost full blown anemic. Problem is teams figured it out. Teams figured it out. And there's been no adjustment and they haven't changed. But now you have, they keep trying to either force feed the puck to Mika for a one timer, or they try forcing it in front to Kreider on a redirect. Team to figure it out. And the one thing is, is you're seeing a lot of the same, you know, same, same, but different with Zabanajad from last year to this year with the shanking shots off the one timer, missing the net high and wide, you know, not driving play. The worrisome part to me for the Zabanajad line is they keep getting, they're terrible defensively. 
Yeah, they keep getting they keep getting hemmed in in their own zone, and it's, it's that's that's the more worrisome part for me is that they just they can't seem to get the puck out of their own end. Really, the only line that can get the puck out of their own end is the majority of it is the third line. Yeah, and a lot of that is because of Sammy Blaze. Well, not not even just Sammy, but Laugh will skate with the Laugh has done a good job. Puck as well, he carries the puck out of the zone. So they've got a problem on that line at center because look, look, face it, let's face it, Filipino hasn't been good. He hasn't been good, and I know we talk about this a lot because you know Filipino's been in the you know what five seasons now. And I know two of those have been largely interrupted and convoluted and, and clouded because of COVID and all that. But, you know, we keep saying, and we, we talk about this over and over, we, we bring this up quite a bit. We keep saying, when are we going to see that next jump? When are we going to see that next step? And we've seen a little bit of an increase in, in, a, in a better performance on the face-off dot. But we're not seeing the offense there. We're not seeing Filipino go into the corners or deep in the zone on either end and come away with the puck. We're not seeing him control the play. All he's We're not done seeing him show, lead the rush. All he's done this year is show that he's not a centerman. He's a winger. That, right. That's all and, That's all he's done. And that's And that is a problem for the Rangers. That's a large problem for the Rangers for a couple of reasons. And a lot of it ties back to all these contracts that they've had because you, you really – Ryan Strong comes up, and you wrote an article about this on the FHN.net. And now, to me, Ryan Strong becomes incredibly important for Chris Jury to find a way to bring him back. And that is a little bit tougher now. But you kind of have to because Filipino isn't your isn't going to be your second line center. It's it's not going to happen. He's not, and there's no clear upgrade out there and, on the market. So <laughs> no, and I'm going to go one step further and say I would not be surprised if Morgan Barron potentially pushes Heedle out of that third-line center role. I really wouldn't. Um, I think that's what's coming. Could be. Honestly. Yeah, no, I, I, I honestly think that's what's coming. Um, you know, you do have Barkley Goudreau, who you could slot into that spot as well. They Barclay, seem to like playing him with Zavannajad and Kreider. They I, do, and I think Goudreau has responded better. I thought he didn't have a good start at all. With, with the Rangers, and it really kind of took until I think it was three or four games ago where he had an atrocious game, and then he set up the game tying goal, and I think he got no, the he scored no, he uh, that would have been the Toronto game, and then yes. in Ottawa he scored the game winner in Ottawa on he on scored redirect, on the yeah. redirect. Um, so you know you're starting to see stuff out of him. You know, Sammy Blaze has been terrific. Ryan Reeves, when he's in the lineup and he hasn't been hurt, he's been high energy. That fourth line is is really a tough battle. The uh, fourth the line has, day, has consistently been the Rangers' best line this year, which and is, that's a problem. Which, which is not good. And that's, a, that's a problem. It's, it's not good. And It's good that we actually have a competent fourth line that could be good. First time in a while. But it's a problem that it's becoming our best line. And look, Gerard Gallant is not happy. He hasn't been happy. So this isn't us being pessimistic or talking out our asses here and saying, oh, you're just trying to find things to not be happy about. Look, I'm thrilled that they've picked up six wins. You I want them to think, pick up six wins. 
I still think at the end of the day that the Panarin line will be the best line because Panarin and Strom have a great chemistry together. I mean, they have to at some point. Well, look, Strom is getting over COVID. Kako is getting over whatever his upper body thing was. So, you know, I think think it'll take a little bit of time, but it all pretty much, and it's because of how Drury did things, the Rangers now really rely on Panarin and Zibanejad. They're going to Panarin, Zibanejad, Kako, and Lafreniere. Because look, you traded away Pavel Butchnevich, who was an important piece to this puzzle. And I think people are seeing it where the Rangers are struggling to score goals. Not dogging Sammy Blay at all, because I like what he brings to the table. But you're seeing that when. The Rangers' big guns aren't firing. Zibanejad and Panarin. They need Igor Shesterkin to save the day. You know, and look, I know, you know, look, I have high expectations for Kako and Lafreniere because first and second overall picks respectively, you need, you know, you need to be difference makers. You need to be in that elite top tier category. We haven't seen it yet. I think you're getting glimpses of it. It's but, just when does this flip the switch flip? But now it's year three of Kako. It's it you know it's time. Like we got to start taking that next step here. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, look, we went into the season knowing there was a ton of question marks and there was a ton of expectation on the young kids because of what what the Rangers have done, and that got that really got uh, amplified with Pavel Buchnevich being traded. Um, then it even amplified it, it turned up the heat essentially on both of those guys and you know as well as as Philip Heedle when Strom went down oh you know all the all the opportunity in the world and we just we haven't really seen it yet and look it's it's early I, I get that and I understand because, and I'll always because let, let, let's be real when you take Pavel Bushnevich out of the equation that's 60 points you're pulling out of your lineup yeah so right. those points have to have to come from they somebody. Gotta come from somewhere. Yeah, and you you got to get them from. You've got to get them from Capocaco and, and Lafreniere. You have to. Um, so the fact that they're not scoring yet that it, it is a little bit concerning. I, I would I would go to even say it's a little bit more than that. That it's 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 very concerning. Um, I'm not hitting a panic button yet because I mean, you look at last year and Capococco, you know, only put up 17 points in 48 games last season, but so far this year, there's been zeros across the board and he's not shooting the puck a lot, which is, which is a concern. He's only got eight shots over five games. Um, right, that's, I was just say he's, you know, he's missed, he's missed time, but yeah. No, well, yeah, but even yeah. still, I mean, eight <laughs> shots over five games is not, you know, I is, do wonder is, does he does he defer to Panarin a little bit? Is he afraid? Which that could definitely be because when you're a kid playing with a player like Artemi Panarin, you're going to defer. It's good, you know, and and then going through what he went through with David Quinn, you're not going to have that confidence in your game. No, so that's right. You, you're right. going to be you're going to be a little afraid to make a mistake, and I think he's seeing with Gerard Gallant. Look, just play your game. And I think and I, I've seen that. He's been, he hasn't scored, 
but he's done things to make me look and go, yeah, he's 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 getting better. He's, he's getting there. He's got. He's, he's bulked up. He's holding he's, the puck and he's looking to make a play. He's not easy to push off the puck either. He's been a bit. He's there's been pushback. It's just it's not translating on the score sheet yet, and you need it to. At a certain point, you need it to. You know, Lafreniere. You know, he's he's almost a half a point a game. He's put in three goals and an assist over nine. So at least you're you're seeing um, you're seeing some offense there. He's he's projected to well surpass his last year's numbers. Um, so so you're good. You're you know you're happy there. You know he should he should clip his his goal production from last year as long as this keeps going. Um, really, at the end of the day, um, they just they got to somehow find a way to supplant Buchnevich's points production, and that's really tough to do when you don't have either Zibanejad or Panarin really producing on the goal scoring side. You know, getting points and assists and everything with Panarin is great. But if Kako's not putting the puck in and you're only getting it on the power play, really, because that's where most of them are coming from, is feeding Chris Kreider. At, at a certain point, that, that has to dry up. I mean, at a certain point, you know, where are you getting it overall the rest of the way? Um, and you just look at it, you just say, you know what? This is a team that's going through going through a little bit of growing pains and culture changes and, you know, new coach, new systems, even though the systems aren't that far off. And they're still um, winning though. There's, and, and yeah, I was going to say, look, I said at the beginning of the podcast, they could very well be two, six and one. That's more of what they should probably be. But you know what? At the end of the day, a win is a win. And you want to get those wins. You want to get those dirty wins now. Because that gives you a little bit of cushion and it gives you the ability to weather adversity if it comes during the season a little bit more. And it also gives you the ability to, to tally up points over other teams. I would much rather right now be the Rangers than I would with some of these other teams that are kind of really struggling or really having trouble and are, and are flat-footed. You know, a team like Pittsburgh, I'd rather be the Rangers right now than be Pittsburgh. As long as the as long as at some point the switch gets flipped and those guys turn it on. I mean, I know that's a big that's a big hedging bet, but you gotta imagine at some point that Panarin and Zabanajet are gonna start scoring. Otherwise something has gone disastrously I mean, wrong. Look, I mean look, Panarin had a three point game on Friday night. He you know, he assisted on Fox's game winner on Sunday. So four points in two games, he's starting to look and play a little bit more like himself. He's starting to, you know, he's starting to dominate play a little bit more. So I, I don't, I don't think there's anything to worry about. I think, I, I think he's gonna be, I think he's gonna be just fine because you know, you know who he is. But I mean, look, right. they got no, Vancouver. I agree with they that. got Vancouver Tuesday night. So tonight, by the time you hear this, it'll be, uh, you know, it'll be last night, and which is they, a team that's that, ripe for for. Yeah, you off. want you want to you want to stack some points here again. Get another nice. You want to keep feeling good about yourself. Go out and beat Vancouver. Then Edmonton on Friday, Calgary on Saturday. Not the easiest back to back, especially with how both teams are playing. Calgary, no, you gotta you gotta definitely decide. isn't gonna give you an inch. No, so, you gotta decide which one's Georgie getting 
Right now, after the way the Rangers played against Calgary on at the Garden, I would give Georgie Saturday night. I would because Georgie against McDavid and Drysaddle yeah, just I, wouldn't even be fair. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, so I, I would go to Stark and Friday disaster. And, yeah, I I, <laughs> I would go, potential disaster. Even though even though Georgie played good his last game, outside again, of the two really bad goals that he gave up because both were pretty pretty terrible so yeah i mean the two bagels he shut it down after that you're not going to get that you're not going to have that luxury against Edmonton. now that that that's top line of mcdavid uh mcdavid and Hyman. Oh, it's stupid so that, it's they, stupid they, they, they've played very well together it's, and then they're, they're, it's stupid. that power play look the rangers thought opening night against the capitals that power play was tough just imagine the edmonton oiler power play is operating at almost 50 percent this season it actually might be at 50% after their game on Monday night. Yeah, it's, so, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely Edmonton, ridiculous. Edmonton's power play is kind of like video game mode right now. It, and Ryan whatever, Hopkins has been racking up points as well. I mean, they're just they're getting points from everywhere. Yeah, so the, the one thing that the Rangers could hopefully take advantage of is that their goaltending situation is not the best. But, look, Saturday, I don't know. I, I don't know. You got to show me a little bit of something Saturday against Calgary. Yeah, I mean this. They, this is, I think got, this is going to be a real tough game. I think that's going to be a real tough one. Wha- they got waxed on Saturday, or uh, the last time Calgary came to town. Hey, pal. Oh, Rowan's here to say hi. RJ. All right, I'm going to ask you a special special guest appearance here on, on Thirty on Broadway. Okay. Oh, you're going to ask him for uh, a. Yep. Uh, we're we're going to get another, we're going to get another prediction from from another Rowan. Prediction from from Rowan. Okay, Rowan. This is Rowan. Well, uh, I was trying to the, think of. Will the Rangers go? Will they win their next three games? Yes or no? Yes. 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 Okay. All right. Can, can you say, "Let's go, Rangers"? Let's go, Rangers. That's right. Oh, Tell him. That's my man. Oh, I thought I heard no. No, he said no. He said yes. The Rangers are going to win their next three, and he go ahead. Give us another. Let's go, Rangers. That's right. All right. Awesome. That's, that's my man. All right. So <laughs> you heard it here. The two-year-old said it. He said they're going to win the next three, and he gave us a let's go Rangers. Well, it'd be a good little run to close out the Western swing. If they go 4-0 uh, on this Western swing, I would be amazed. Uh, I mean, they've got a tall task. They've got a tough battle oh, yeah. against Edmonton, and they've got a real tough one against the Calgary Flames. Look, and Vancouver, Vancouver's not a gimme. Vancouver is Vancouver not a gimme. Is, Vancouver's been kind of, you know, look, offensively, they're not a problem. And, I mean, they're really not – it's – it's well, I shouldn't say offensively they're not a problem because they, they kind of are. That's That's been more of their issue is the offensive side of the puck. Um, but, you know, look, the biggest thing, the one big thing that I will say about the Rangers right now and what I have been most impressed with is the pushback. And you can guarantee, I guarantee you, if this was last season or the season before, the New York Rangers are probably two and seven, if not one and eight in any kind of combination. Because in games where they've gotten punched in the mouth, they've come back, most notably Ottawa had no business winning that game, had no business winning the Seattle game. And, you know, especially the they, Ottawa. They, one. They, Ottawa had no one business, they had 
They had no business had no, going overtime against Dallas. Like, they had no business winning the Toronto game. You know, yeah, no, they, this, this is a team there. There's a hundred percent buy-in here. Um, they definitely believe in their coach. And they're, oh, God, and they're I, I have, they are. I have so much stuff going on right now. All right. That, that <laughs> Chris, let's wrap this up. Let's take this home because yeah. But, yeah, but I was just going to say my, my final thought on the Rangers is, you know, look, I know we're talking about their unsustainable winning and, you know, Igor has been the backbone and he's been a large reason where they're at. But the, the one thing that I will point to that I've been most impressed with the Rangers this season has been their, uh, their grit and their ability to get back into the game and their ability to not be, not be down and out in just about every game even when they're under siege, even when they're having no business being in the game, you know, Shostarkin has stood tall, but even in the physicality of the games, the Rangers have not been pushed around. Um, They really haven't. And I think that is something that will play a huge part as the season goes on. And I think it's a huge reason why the Rangers are going to have success. Because again, like I said earlier, you have to expect that Panarin and Zibanejad are going to turn it on at some point. You know, Panarin has already shown you glimpses, like Nick said. Um, and when that happens, if they could keep Kreider playing, even at even at a percentage of what he's doing right now, and Shesterkin continues to do what they do, this is going to be a real fun season as we cross into the holiday season. So that's all we got for 30 on Broadway this week. You could check out all of our, our podcasts, all of our writers, everything. If you're a Rangers fan, if you've got, if you're a fan of other teams as well, the FHN.net, you can check out the other podcasts that we've got going and we will see you all next time. Whoop, whoop.